Frisbees. Aw, man, Vincent said. What? Jimmy Wythe came through a door from a room Sophie hadn't gone into yet. Nathan Coffey was behind him and plowed into Jimmy's back when he stopped in front of the painting. Jimmy looked at Sophie, his swimming pool blue eyes begging her. It's going to be kind of hard to do a movie about this painting. She's just sitting there, Nathan said, and then his face went the color of the inside of a watermelon. Sophie expected that. Nathan always got all red when he talked, which wasn't often. I'm going to go find Kitty, Willoughby said. She is going to love this. That's what I'm afraid of, Vincent said. I guess we could pretend she's a corpse and make the movie a murder mystery. Fiona rolled her eyes. She is so not dead, Vincent. Sophie looped her arm through Fiona's. Let's go see if Kitty and them have found anything. Did they? Sophie heard Vincent ask Jimmy as she and Fiona moved into the next room. It's all pretty much chick stuff, Jimmy said. I mean, not that that's all bad. Not if you're a chick, Vincent said. They are so boys, Fiona said when they reached the room. Yeah, but at least they're not as bad as some boys. That was why the cornflakes called Jimmy, Vincent, and Nathan the Lucky Charms, because they were way nicer than a couple of guys they referred to as the Fruit Loops. The Loops were famous for making disgusting noises with their armpits and trying to get away with launching spit missiles at people, stuff like that. Now that they'd been caught doing some really bad things, they didn't get by with as much, but they were still, to use Fiona's favorite word, heinous. At the other end of the room, Willoughby was jabbering at light speed to the other three cornflakes. Is it a really pretty painting? Kitty Mumford said as Sophie and Fiona joined them. Her little china doll face looked wistful. Kitty was back in school after being homeschooled while having chemotherapy for leukemia. It was as if everything were magic to Kitty in spite of her still bald head and puffed out cheeks. It's gorgeous, Willoughby said. That dress was like to die for. Darby O'Grady hooked her reddish hair behind her ears and folded her lanky arms across her chest. I bet the boys put the kibosh on that. Sophie grinned. She loved it that even though Darby had been in the United States for a year, she still used her Irish expressions. Between her fun way of saying things and Fiona's being a walking dictionary, the cornflakes practically had a language all their own. It was all about being their unique selves. Yeah, they hated it, Fiona said. But we put the kibosh on John the Baptist with his head chopped off. Kitty edged closer to Sophie until the brim of her tweed newsboy's cap brushed Sophie's cheek. I don't want my first movie in forever to be about something gross. No way, Maggie Lakita said. She shook her head until her Cuban dark hair splashed into itself in the middle. Kitty doesn't need that. In her stocky, no-nonsense way, she was protective of all the cornflakes, but especially Kitty. I like it that you're back with us, 
Sophie said to Kitty. This is like your first field trip in forever, huh? Fiona said. Willoughby raised her arms like she was going to burst into a cheer, but Maggie cut her off. Sophie was glad Maggie was the one who always enforced the rules. She would hate that job. She would have to keep her imagination totally under control to do that. Right now, in fact, Sophie was searching for her next dream character. With a new film project to do for art appreciation class, she hoped one of the paintings would inspire her into a daydream that would lead to a new lead character that would shape a whole movie for film club to do. Okay, now that's what I'm talking about. Sophie looked over at Vincent, who was three paintings inside the door, bobbing his head and pointing like he'd just discovered a new vaccine.